Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. The Vancouver Boys are the most entertaining sports cast in British Columbia. Steve Dangle here. I love the Vancouver Boys. It's the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Woo! Welcome back, everybody, to episode 59 of the Vancouver Boys Podcast. I am your host this week, Tyler Erlinson. Joined, as always, by my excellent co-hosts, Jake Jude. What's going on? What's going on? And Marcus Keller. How's it going, everybody? Playoffs are in uh, rolling full steam ahead here, but, you know, as per always, we got to start things off a little differently. With Tyler's weather report. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, dude, you're, you're not in the studio again. Uh, wh- where are you and uh, how's the weather where you are? I'm in Souk, BC. Huh. Ah. Yeah, I moved again. Um, honestly, pretty nice. I'm on, I'm at an Airbnb and I've got six acres of land here. So Jesus. it's, uh, it's actually pretty sweet. So you're on a farm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, Staying at a farmhouse, so... but, uh, no, it's pretty sick. Yeah. No kidding. Six acres at an Airbnb. That sounds like fun. That sounds like something I'd want to do over a weekend, you know? Oh yeah. Well, there's like a big fireplace and everything in the back too. Like it's pretty sweet. So you're at a party house. Yeah, too bad I have to work yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't really take full uh, advantage of that house when you got to freaking work all the time. I how, know. How long a shifts are you pulling? Um, well, during the day, we're doing like anywhere around 16s. And then also going back in at night sometimes here and there. Jesus. So uh, it's getting pretty hectic lately. Well, this is the final stretch, though, because you'll be joining us pretty soon in studio. Am I right? I sure will be, hopefully. Yeah, well, we'll see. Things could change at a moment's notice, but hopefully you'll be back in studio pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, well, let's kick things off how we normally would. Marcus, take it away with the fake sponsor of the week. All right, well, just to remind our listeners, the fake sponsor of the week is only a placeholder for a real sponsor, which we think we might be able to get someday. This week's episode of the Vancouver Boys podcast is brought to you by Mary Brown's Chicken. Much like Jacob Markstrom's playoff performance, you'd expect it to be pretty good. But it is, in fact, terrible. Mary Brown's Chicken. Overpriced KFC. (laughs) So, this might be a bit niche, because I don't know if a lot of people in Western Canada really know about Mary Brown's Chicken. Well, they will pretty soon. They're everywhere now. Yeah, well, there, there's at least, there's one in Port Moody, there's yeah. one in Poco. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are the other ones? They're just all over the Lower Mainland. Oh, okay. I'm so sure there's some in Surrey, Langley, Delta, like, I'm sure they're around. So they're pretty rapidly expanding. Yeah. Okay, so they're a big deal on the East Coast, um, but they have two, lo- at least two locations that we've tried uh, that are in Western Canada. It is just terrible. It is some of the worst chicken I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Just dry, tasteless. It, well, it's, yeah. it, it's just like they dumped salt on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that's it. That They have one seasoning, and it's just pure salt. <laughs> yeah. Mary Brown's, where you can get your salty chicken. <laughs> honestly, I don't actually mind Mary Brown's. Oh, you've tried it? Yeah. Where did you try yeah, it? Where though? were you when you tried it? Um, I went to that one right across the street from the Save on Foods in, oh, kind of like Burquitlam area on North Road by Lowheed Mall. There's okay. one on North Road? 
Guess so. Wait, are you thinking of Church's oh, chicken? Okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> Mary Brown sucks. I'm thinking of Church's. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think, like, where the hell is he talking about? Yeah, no, no that's Mary Church's. Brown blows. I was thinking of Church's. Yeah, no. For me, the hierarchy is like Popeyes, and then a wide margin, and then Church's, and then everything else. I honestly don't know if I've ever gone to Church's. I, I, I really don't know if I've ever gone. I can't think it, of it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Um, anyway, just don't go to Mary Brown's. It yeah. is just, it is not good. We, me and you have both had terrible experiences. Yeah. Apparently on the East coast, it's amazing, but just, it is terrible here. You know, on the East coast, apparently Timmy's is amazing. Yeah. I've heard so that. So I think the East coasters are just losing it, man. No, 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 I have a theory. I think that they just do shit differently out there. I, I really hope do. so. Also on the East coast, they cheer for the Leafs. So that's yeah. true. Maybe there is something wrong with them. Yeah, they're just brain dead out there. <laughs> yeah, you, you might have a point. Um, anyway, if you'd like to become a real sponsor of the Vancouver Boys podcast, where uh, we promise not to slander you, uh, you can reach out to us uh, at our new email address at vancouverboyspodcast at iCloud.com. Alternatively, you can always find us across our social, our social media platforms. Uh, <laughs> a little Adam Sandler there. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that thing he does? The um, thing he does. Yeah, he, he is a thing where he's like, wibby de boo, wibby de boo. Oh, he's yeah, like yeah. A, I forget how it goes, though. Yeah, I don't know. It, uh, all right. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I find haven't us, seen Jack and Jill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, find us on uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube, all of which we are at Vancouver Boys Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter. You can find Tyler on Twitter at Vancouver Boys underscore. What? At Vancouver Boys underscore is our Twitter handle. Why? Uh, because Vancouver Boys Podcast is uh, too good for Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> no, because we don't want to have any association with whatever Tyler puts on the Twitter. That's right. We had to change <laughs> we, it up. We need to find far. an easy way to distance ourselves when that goes south. Yeah, if, if you know, we can point it, we're like, hey, that's not a verified account. We don't know who that, that's clearly some unhinged fan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, fan page gone wild. Yeah. Uh, great. Mm. Yeah, see, we would never put an OnlyFans link in our Twitter account. <laughs> Tyler <Bet>. might. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, let, let's start off here with what everyone actually came for. And we have tons of it. Lots of Canucks news this week. <laughs> Oh, I thought he was going to start with the goof of the week this week or something. I was like, what <laughs> okay. are you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, tons of Canucks news. Marcus, what little do you have yeah, for us? <laughs> we'll be here for the next half hour. Uh, yeah, no, it's actually not that much this week. Uh, but what did happen, I think, is uh, pretty important. Uh, first of all, the big one that's gotten everyone talking lately is that uh, everyone remembers uh, the New Jersey Devils have the second overall pick in this year's draft. Yes, sir. Uh, there have been a couple things attached to them involving the Canucks. One is that they've pretty openly stated they are willing to move the pick for an impact player. Mm -hmm. uh, they have also directly said uh, before, or, or people in the organization have, that they had eyes on JT Miller and uh, allegedly put in an offer for him. Okay. Uh, given the going rate for a player such as JT Miller, people have connected these two and believe that they could be willing to trade that second round pick in some type of package for JT Miller. Yeah, Tyler, what's the name of the kid that'll probably go second? Slavoski. What, what's his for? Uri? Yurov Slavoski. Okay. <laughs> and I if, want him. I want if, him bad. If the Canucks trade for... Tyler, say it for me. 
Slavoski. I guarantee you the next day, fuck it, the same day, Tyler is buying a Slavoski Canucks jersey. Immediately. I can't see any reality where that doesn't happen. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like it just, That'd look pretty nice in the studio. That would be oh, I'm, I will buy 10 of them. <laughs> yeah, he'll own the market <laughs> we, share on Slavoski jerseys. We will wallpaper this room <laughs> with Slavoski jerseys. <laughs> Which, like... Who, who, there's a possibility that, you know, maybe Nemec falls to 15 and they can get both. <laughs> oh, that would be perfect. Yeah. Why don't we just trade our 15th overall pick for the third and we can have second and third. Yeah. The 15th I mean, it worked what? out for them before. <laughs> I don't know. Next year's first. And Tyler Myers. Sure. The Canucks 15th and next year's Canucks first for the third overall pick. And they can get Slavsky and Nemec. Nemec. Nah. Hey, hey, that plan worked for them before. It has, but I, I don't know. That That's a bit much. <laughs> um, any, anyway, so that, that's the rumor right now is that they, the New Jersey Devil... Oh, sorry. The other thing that makes that quite plausible is that the Canucks have basically said with Miller, he will either be extended by the draft or traded by the draft. Like By the draft. Yeah. Wow. They, they haven't directly said that, but they've made it pretty clear that if they do trade him, they're not looking for pieces in the 2023 draft they are looking for this one okay and i think it should probably be mentioned that the nhl draft is on uh thursday july 7th this year okay so they have a little bit more time than usual right but still if they say oh we're gonna trade them by the draft that's exciting because that's that's coming up it's like a month and a half from now not even yeah well the canucks could trade miller get that first round pick and something else and then offer sheet Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think they would have to have this year's first, right? Oh, no, they still would if they trade. Yeah, they still would. That's right. Mm. So win-win. I don't know. I think Dubois is a bit of a bust, if you ask me. I mean, he's an okay player, but he's not a premier forward. Like, I don't think you're going to want to cup with Pierre-Luc Dubois on your second line. Oh, I think you could. As a second liner, 100%. I think you'd, I think you'd have to have a wicked first line to have him as like a... A decent accent. Slavoski, Pedersen, and Pod Colson. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, another thing uh, I wanted to touch on, which is uh, near and dear to my heart, is uh, Tyler. You remember my um, my Russian line that you that we all really liked, right? Oh yeah, I love that line. Okay. Well, remind me, what was it? Yeah, I was going to say I am going to remind you because most of our listeners probably don't remember yeah. it because <laughs> that's the episode where I forgot to turn my mic on. Oh, lovely. Um, but it was, I, I had a whole hypothetical Canucks roster full of lots of moves, one of which involved an all Russian line of Pod Colson, Kuzmenko, and Ilya Mikheyev. Right. Kuzmenko was the one I was forgetting. Yeah. Uh, Kuzmenko again, Andre Kuzmenko is the top KHL free agent who, by the way, has now confirmed, uh, shortlisted the Canucks as a team he would like to go to. Okay. It sounds like there are two to three teams on this list, so... I, I like our odds there. Uh, and he will have uh, decided that in mid-June, by the way. Okay, that's cool. also been So that's said. coming around the corner too then. Yeah. Um, now with Mikheyev, uh, a lot of people are uh, adding some things up here. One that Toronto has all but said they're not re-signing him. So he's he's a UFA. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that Rick Dollywall uh, has now said, or is making a lot of a quote that Rutherford had where he said they want to add some sandpaper to this team. 
Mm -hmm. uh, he said they could look to do that in free agency with a lower budget player such as Mikheyev. No, McKay won't be too low budget. I mean, he's going to make a little bit of money. Yeah, to, they, most people have him pegged around the three million mark. Yeah, well, that's still that's but, that's like second, third line money. Look, we had a free agency not that long ago where we doled out six million for Louis Erickson, and then after that, six million for Tyler Myers, all of which with term, and then six million for Beagle and Roussel. Exactly. Uh, no, they were four each. And so what okay. is, that's what I'm saying. Like six million between the two of them. That's what I'm saying. That would be eight. At least no, six. No, Be Beagle was three. Was Beagle and so three? Was and yeah, I, I thought they were. But, well, but they were like three point something. And then but that doesn't matter. Four. The fact okay. of the matter is they spent yeah, at least six million. The point on is we spend way too much money in free agency. So hearing a number under four is quite refreshing. Okay. Um, anyway, other names they brought up that we could look to bring in are uh, Andrew Kopp of, is he still with Winnipeg? No, I think he got traded at the deadline to he, New York. Yeah, he's playing for the Rangers. Right. And uh, another one who's become a bit of a household name lately anyway is Nick Paul. Mm -hmm. uh, a household name for eliminating the Leafs. And that alone kind of makes me want him. <laughs> but yeah. um, anyway. Canucks uh, fan favorite. <laughs> yeah. But uh, one that has been pointed to a lot is Mikheyev as a almost a way to make Vancouver a more attractive destination for Kuzmenko. It's kind of like get one to land the other type of thing. Okay. Uh, anyway, I don't know if they'd end up actually being a line, but it would be nice to have that kind of familiarity in the locker room, right? Sure, yeah. Uh, the only other uh, Canucks news, really, is that they've uh, fired a bunch of their uh, minor coaching staff or, or let go of some of them. Okay. Uh, some of them left for personal reasons. Their video coach is gone. There, there's a few of them that are gone. Um, and just that it, it's kind of pretty wide open as to what they're going to do for next season as far as coaching. Uh, other than Boudreaux, that's pretty set in stone. And uh, some of the assistants are, are still there. And the last piece of Canucks news I have to talk about, just one more quick thing. Alex Chason, uh, his time in Vancouver is done. It sounds like he will be signing with the Swiss National League overseas. That team just needed some sort of scapegoat in case they don't make the playoffs. <laughs> what, the Swiss team? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. Honestly, I don't think Rutherford used that enough. You know, no. when, when the season was over, it was like, yeah, I took over the reins from Benning and just you know th thought about trading Chase on, and then, you know, I thought maybe he'd score some goals for us, yeah. which he actually did, so he yeah, can't down even the blame stretch, him. Down the stretch, yeah. he did. But he, he had a point where he had, like, five points in two games or something, yeah. and, like, four of them were goals. See, if he, had, if he had just done that the whole season, then they would have yeah. made the playoffs. But because they didn't... <clears throat> Yeah, there's had he your, just averaged three points per game for exactly. the entire season, we would have exactly. been fine. Like he was expected to do. <laughs> <laughs> when we signed him to a one-by-one. One. Exactly. I think yeah, it was even less. He was saddled with his bad contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just prevented us from building. Exactly, you know? yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, no, that'll about do yeah, it for the Good luck and good riddance to uh, Alex yeah. Chason. Yeah. Well, no. Swedish phenom, <laughs> Alex Chason. <laughs> yeah, the guy we thought couldn't speak English, who is yeah. Canadian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> still i always want to bring uh, that headed back to back. the homeland of switzerland <laughs> <laughs> we we gotta find that clip and bring it back man yeah. that was funny we're going on about oh yeah this poor guy in the locker room doesn't even know what's going on <laughs> yeah. and the media's trashing him and we look it up we're like oh he was born in ontario yeah, he's from sudbury <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh that was pretty goofy when we did that wasn't it what a goof 
That's right. Welcome to the biggest goof of the week. This is my segment, my part of the show, where I go to find a story that involves a person, player, team, coach, organization, whatever, what have you. I bring it up with the guys and we have a little chat about it. And this week, our biggest goof of the week comes from the NHL. How could it not? I love coming back to the NHL for the biggest goof of the week. Mm-hmm. And of course, seems obvious, the Florida Panthers. Biggest goof of the week, I mean... Going to a strip club after game three and then making it public knowledge? I mean, you're just asking to be ripped apart. How funny is that? Out in Tampa, they lose game three up against the series sweep. Yeah, let's hit the strip club. I mean, why not, right? Exactly. You got nothing else to lose. They, they had a little bit of stress to release, you know, <laughs> just relax a little bit. I'm sure they released a lot of stress, <laughs> as, as well as other things. Oh, God. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't help their hockey game, but, uh, I mean, you're down 3-0. You're probably not going to win. May as well go out with a bang, right? But you know what? If you are looking to the, just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks as far as good luck charms, going to the strip club is not a bad idea. You yeah, know, a lot of things you, you win that game, thing. you win what that game, fuck? you go straight to the coach. You go, yeah, we need to do this as part of our pregame now. We, <laughs> we we need strippers in the locker room. Yeah. You 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 come back from a 3-0 series deficit. It is now tradition. Yeah. It is religion at that point <laughs> that you go to the strip club after every playoff <laughs> loss. <laughs> now, there's a lot of worse traditions you could be saddled with exactly. than that. Exactly. Yeah. Which, by the way, I have to say, I have heard that this was just a rumor. The The coach outright denied that it ever happened. Yeah. Uh, people were accusing a Tampa Bay radio station of making the whole thing up. Oh, okay. However, it hasn't been proven wrong either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you come here for your, for your sports facts because we do hard research yeah. interviews and... Well, you know, you know what? We, we do that. <laughs> we do hard research exactly. here. And so, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call that strip club and say, hey, I need all the video footage <laughs> from the night before. And I'm sure they'd be just more than happy to hand that <laughs> over, bet, right? Yeah. Well, I, you have to pay a subscription fee. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, you know what? Many... We will do what it takes to bring our listeners <laughs> confirmed breaking news. Yeah. And if that means I have to watch videos of a strip club for a whole night, <laughs> uh, that's what it means. It's a bullet I'm willing to take. <laughs> I mean, it was probably more entertaining than that hockey series. Oh, 100%. Can't even doubt that. Yeah. Um, all joking aside about the strip club. They've ruined my bracket. <laughs> like, yeah. like, they ruined it. Yeah. Well, at least they made it out of the first round this year. They did. So, I guess they didn't ruin it as bad as they ruined Tyler's last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. That was that was real rough. That That is the exact reason why I could not pick them to win the cup this year. Yeah, mm. I, I get it. And even, I, I got to say, like, last year... There was something behind it, right? Like the whole, uh, they got eliminated. Was that not also in seven games by Tampa Bay? Uh, I think it was six, if my memory serves. Right, but either way. Yeah, it was six. They made made a series out of it. Yeah. And I believe it was Barkov after the game who said something to the effect of, well, you know, we took a team that had an unlimited salary uh, to six games. So, you know, we're proud of our guys. And that was really what I thought would be the difference maker this year. I thought because they are... It very, very close to cap compliant. Mm-hmm. They lost their whole third line. I really thought that, you know, they were, they weren't going to be as good points out of the lineup. Yeah, exactly. It just mm-hmm. like, it seemed like 
if Florida had a chance to get by them, this was it. Yep. Right? And they just, not only did they not get by them, they didn't win a game. That's crazy. Who do you think, who do you think was the biggest disappointment in that series for the Florida Panthers? Oh, that's tough. Because I think most people who may not have watched it would say, oh, Bobrovsky, you know. But it from, would be funny if we said Bobrovsky. Uh, yeah, but it was not I'm staring at a signed Bobrovsky jersey. Yeah, I'm not buying another one. Yeah, by the way, yeah. that's not going to be an option. The only thing funnier than a signed Bobrovsky jersey is two <laughs> signed Bobrovsky jerseys <laughs> that um, we both had to lose for losing the same bet for the same reason. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, like I, I can't. I honestly think Bobrovsky had a fine series. I think you know Vasilevsky outdueled him, but not by much. Um, I think that that whole series has to come down to the coaching. They were one for like nearly 30 on the power play in the playoffs. They scored one power play goal all playoffs in, what is it, 10 games? Yeah. Like, for me, it's the coaching. It's always been the coaching. And the coaching has been under fire to the point where I think it was I can't remember if it was Barkov or Huberto or one of their their big names on the team had to come out and say, no, like we love the coach. We hope he comes back. He did a great job. But I mean, take a step back, take a look. In my opinion, that's where the deficit was. He was not able to coach the best team in the NHL to a second round win. And not just a round win, but a game win in the second round. So for me, it falls on the coach. You're not going to win many games when you get three goals in the entire series yeah they scored one 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 zero like if the offense isn't clicking you're you don't stand a chance uh speaking of that zero there's just one stat that blows my mind that we have to talk about uh andre vasilevsky in his last seven series clinching games has six shutouts including that one Jeez. Like, wait, did he? No, he didn't shut out the Leafs. So no, then the, the, that's the only time he's been scored on in the, I, I'm sorry, I don't know many, how many years that's over. Uh, yeah. uh, but still, in his last seven series clinching games, he has six shutouts and one game where he allowed one goal. Yeah, that, that would go back to like mid 2020 playoff run. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, that's insanity. You know, that, that's, that's not just a good team in front of you. That is uh, unworldly goaltending. Yeah. It just goes to show that like Tampa is built like a playoff team, right? They are. That's the thing about a lot of hockey fans is they look at teams and they go, oh, this team's at the top of the standings. This team has Connor McDavid. This team is, you know, they're unstoppable. They have an amazing offense, a la Colorado Avalanche, but they don't look at what you need in the playoffs. And that's, Strong goaltending, consistent defense, and consistent goal scoring. And if you don't have all three of those, you're not going to make it very far. And uh, Florida showed us exactly why. Yeah. I mean, that that's the one thing to... I, I don't know. At this point, we're almost transitioning out of goof of the week. We're just yeah, starting yeah, yeah. to talk about the playoffs. Yeah. Um, that's one thing that's really surprised me about the Calgary-Edmonton series. It is like you said, you know, mm-hmm. oh, McDavid's the best player in the world. And it was always kind of like, yeah, okay, you're a two or three player team. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's all you've got. Um, Calgary, on the other hand, no, they don't have necessarily a, a McDavid or a Dreisaitl or, you know, but they or had, an Evander Kane or an Evander Kane. <laughs> this guy in Evander but Kane. But they, you know what? We almost need to change yeah. his, uh, 
No, where's the... There it is. That's yeah. the new Evander Kane sound. Well, let's be careful with that. Yeah. Well, that's the on-ice Evander Kane sound. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right, but anyway, Calgary is a team that I looked at before the playoffs started, and I mm-hmm. said they are built like a playoff team. I agree with you. They Vesna, were built like a playoff team. Vesna candidate goaltender. Mm-hmm. Defense is, I would say, top 10 in the league. You know, okay. qu- quite good. Their offense has decent depth. No, the top line isn't the best scoring in the league, mm-hmm. but the bottom two or three lines aren't bad either. You know, they, they just looked like a playoff team. And that's why I had them going quite far. What the hell happened? But see, that's it. Is one of those three areas fell off. Mm-hmm. Maybe two. I would maybe, argue two of them fell right, off. Right. The defense as well. Yeah. And now they're falling apart. Yeah. That's why it's so important that you get all three all the time. Yeah. That's how you win a cup. That's the recipe for success. And I kind of want to bring this back to our favorite teams, right? Because, like, ultimately, as much as we love watching the rest of the league, we're passionate about our teams. Of course. And this is part of the reason why I was so heartbroken when UC Saros went down. Mm-hmm. Is because in, like, mid-January all the way up until mid-March, the Preds looked like that, right? They were in a... They were in a... Um, uh, a position in the Atlantic, not not a wild card, but they had a playoff spot in the in the in the Central. Mm-hmm. They had amazing goaltending. Their defense was consistent. They had the best defenseman in the league, and their their offense was producing. And to me, I thought, wow, this team looks like they could upset a lot of people and go deep. So it it just like it, it just reminds me of all that and how frustrated I am by all of that because I th- I think they were built that way. And I guess for for you and for the Canucks, it's like okay, so th- that's that, that reminds me of uh, of uh, Jim talking about building a pl- uh, not a playoff contender but a cup contender, that's right? right? And so when he's looking at building his team, it's important that he keeps that in mind. Yeah, you know how can he build all three of those levels up to the point where they're consistent and they're not you know sitting on a crutch in net where yeah. you know and, and the defense is is fragile or whatever. Right? Well, that, that's one thing I love about Rutherford is in his last press conference, he all but hinted he's okay with the Canucks taking a step back this year because he's not interested in being a first or second round knockout. He's doing what it takes to give them a chance at the cup eventually. I, I'll vote for that any day of the week, you know? I mean, I, I think that's the same type of way St. Louis tried to build their team with solid defensing, defense, lots of offensive scoring and decent goaltending. But Calgary's team just fell apart. They're, like you guys said, the goaltending went out the window, the defense went out the window. Even their offense, other than that one game, hasn't really shown up too much. Yeah. The Oilers, I mean, that McDavid line has been ridiculous. McDavid's got 25 points in 12 games. Yeah, which is just like, he's like the Andre Vasilevsky of forwards. Mm Mm-hmm. Evander Kane has 12 goals. Evander Kane is like the Andre Vasilevsky of forwards. <laughs> did, did you see this too? That the the only players in the last 25 years to get more than 15 goals in one playoff, um, not series, in one year in the playoffs, are Ovechkin and Crosby. Ovechkin in 2018, Crosby I think was even earlier than that. Okay. Kane has 12 and the second round isn't over yet. <laughs> Oh boy! You know the last but, the last guy to do this was Mario Lemieux. W- wait, what? Jeez. I thought you said Ovechkin in 2018. Or sorry, sorry, the la- like 
other than them. It, that was... Oh, before Sorry, that. yeah, I didn't explain that. It, in the last 25 years, Ovechkin and Crosby, the, the last guy to do it before them was Lemieux in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is not something that an Evander Kane-level yeah. player would be doing. That, that's a hilarious list for him to be on. I know. <laughs> Evander Kane's the GOAT, man. Yeah. But... Another hilarious list that somebody on that team's on would be uh, Mike Smith oh, letting in that man. goal from his own end. Oh, I know. Did you? I think the last. I think the last playoff goalie to do it was Dan Cluche. Well, Wait, that was in the playoffs. Uh, I, guess... I think Cluche did it like five times, but oh. one of them was in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Okay, my favorite part about that whole thing is Mike Smith's reaction to the yeah. goal. You guys saw that, right? That's what I was just going to talk about. He's like, what the hell? Like, What are you doing, ref? <laughs> yeah. Like, he didn't know who to blame. He just knew it wasn't his fault. Yeah. <laughs> he was almost looking at the crowd. Some guy in the first row. He's like, what the hell, man? Yeah. <laughs> guy's drinking his beer like, what? Yeah. You know? But he just, apparently he was just, he said after that he was trying to show that he couldn't see the puck or something. It's like, yeah, as if that wasn't obvious when you yeah. let it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, that was contender for Goof of the Week for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh. really funny. Yeah, no, that was just, that was bizarre. The The other thing I was going to say, we, t- we talked about Calgary's defense falling apart, and maybe that even led to their goaltending falling apart. I have a little theory on that. Chris Tanev's missed the whole series. I think Chris Tanev, I mean, he's someone everyone in, in BC knows, mm-hmm. right? He's someone who I think a lot of people, at least outside of the Pacific Division, they don't really know who he is. You know, they don't know much about him unless you're a pretty hardcore fan. I think he's one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. And he's underrated because he doesn't put up any points. Yeah. Like, he doesn't help you at all on the score sheet. But <laughs> holy Christ, does this guy keep pucks out of your own net. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it, it's such a clear, like, you can tell just by the scores of the game, you can go, oh, that's where Tanev went out, you know? Yeah. But th- they see, that's the big thing about him is that he's so injury prone. Yeah. Right? That, so. that was exactly why the Canucks didn't fight to keep him when uh, Calgary gave him that huge, I think they offered him five by five. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the deal is. Yeah, but yeah. It, it was approximately that. And I even remember as a fan who loves Chris Tanev and knows wh- who he is, I even said, I wouldn't match that. You know, mm-hmm. that's great while he's in the lineup, but when he isn't, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Right, because that that's been the problem with him is he's not in the lineup enough. There's been seasons where he's missed over half of them on a pretty consistent basis. His last season as a Canuck was the first time in his career that he played 81 games in a season. He still missed one somewhere. Jeez, yeah, and he's been in the league for a while now, so that says a lot. Uh, but a- anyway, I I think that that's part of what's leading to their collapse because it, it, people might say that's a small part. When you look at the goals Markstrom's letting in, they're not particularly terrible goals. A lot of them are tappings in front because there is no coverage around the crease. Well, that uh, that glove hand of Markstrom's looked a little weak lately. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not saying Markstrom's been perfect. I just, I, I, yeah. I don't think he's as bad as people. It's not as big of a collapse as people are saying on him personally. No, for sure. I, I saw a stat that he's um he's got the second highest jump from uh allowed goals per game from a regular season to a playoff all time. Yeah, that's crazy. Especially considering in round one, he was pretty good. Oh, he was locked in. I know. Like he had to be because Jake Ottinger was friggin' yeah. locked in too. It's like, it's almost like Markstrom's mirroring what the goaltender <laughs> across from him is doing. 
Yeah, so you're, like, you're kind of right. Plays terrible. Markstrom doesn't play very good. Ottinger played good. Markstrom played good. That that was the other thing I was going to say is this series. I mean, we always we talked about this before the playoffs started. Is let's see the Battle of Alberta, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted to see it. This series is like watching hockey from the '80s because the goalies aren't athletes. You know, they're just guys who are willing to stand in the net. Like it's just every chance, every shot has a chance to go in. You have superhumans on one team like uh, McDavid and Evander Kane who can just seemingly score at will. You know, that feels like an 80s hockey game. And I got to say, this is the most entertaining thing I've seen in a long time. Absolutely, yeah. Look, look at it. We're almost finished the first half of the show, and we are still talking about <laughs> just this series. Yeah. Well, with that being said, you know, we are a little short on time for the, the rest of the first half here. But uh, when we get back after break, we're going to jump into some of the other series and uh, keep moving along from there. Right after another word from our fake sponsor. Jake, can you hear a ringing too, or is that in my own head? I think you've taken one too many uh, hits to the head there, Marcus. Yeah. It was just the one. (laughs) It was really hard. (laughs) It was a pretty good hit. The Vancouver Boys podcast is brought to you by Mary Brown's Chicken. Much like Markstrom's playoff performance, you'd expect it to be pretty good, but it is in fact terrible. Mary Brown's Chicken. Overpriced KFC. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Vancouver Boys podcast. That's her name. Don't wear it out. Man, we got to sign this guy to a six by six. Tampa Bay was $18 million over the salary cap. UC Soros is the best goalie in the NHL. Welcome back, everybody, from break. Like always, we are going to start things off with the elimination report. Uh, Just a reminder to our listeners, we are recording on Wednesday, May 25th. So some teams may be eliminated before you guys actually hear the recording. But for those teams that we don't talk about, we will definitely get next week. Yeah, that's right. I will spend 24 hours tomorrow just laboring and editing this. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we will have this up to you by Friday. Um, yeah, no, like you said, the elimination report as of May 25th or whatever yeah, 25th. day it is today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wednesday, May 25th elimination report. So to start things off, we talked about them earlier in the first half of, uh, the podcast, but the Florida Panthers have been eliminated What's your guys' take on their uh, their season this year? Um, oof. I mean, I know we don't usually start off with grades, but like, is this not a uh, like a C minus? You know, uh, I think it's Pre- a fail. Yeah, present. <sighs> That's tough, right? I mean, it's not like they didn't win around. They they did win around. Is that really the expectation on the president's winning? Oh yeah, w- when's the last time a president's trophy uh, winner won the cup? I think it was the Blackhawks in like 2015 or something. Right. So it's been seven. So it's been seven years. Yeah. That's like, you know, it's like you, you expect them to do well. Mm-hmm. I would say you probably expect them to be third round. You don't always expect them to win the cup. Yeah, no. I think the reason why I look at it as more of a fail is just because the team was finally going to be different. 
right? Like the the Florida Panthers have always been a joke team for since since the nineties, right? Like they've right. never been taken seriously. No. But this was the year that they said, "All right, all kidding aside, last year was our opportunity to show that, yeah, you know, we um we might be going, you know, we might be going somewhere. But this year, this is the time when we're actually going to show you guys this is where we deserve to be." And it was like dead on arrival, right? Yeah. I mean, their series against the Capitals, they barely squeaked by right like that that did not look like a commanding victory like it should have been and then the second round series obviously they scored three goals in the whole thing so it's like for me a team that wins the president's trophy unless they come out of nowhere and win it the expectation should be that they win the cup anything less is a disappointment especially getting swept in the second round that is a massive failure like think think about the Leafs, right? Mm-hmm. The Leafs we talked about on a pass fail grade. What if they had won the President's Trophy? Would you then say okay, it's still a pass, or the, and in which case would it then be a fail? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll I'll give that to you. You're right. It's like you winning the President's Trophy and then having a performance that bad in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It it almost says more about you, right? Because it's showing that congratulations, you have built a regular season team, Mm -hmm. right? And the problem with regular season teams is they will never win the Stanley Cup. And that is the only goal when you're a GM is Mm -hmm. to to win the Stanley Cup, to build a Stanley Cup winning team. Mm -hmm. When you win the President's Trophy and get knocked out in that fashion, that, that shows it's not just one or two little pieces you need to tweak. That shows you're a lot further away from your goal than the standings would have you think. Yeah, I'm almost giving them a fail. Like, they were so good this year. Everything was clicking. They had a fairly easy first round. So, yeah, they won a round, but it was almost a given. And then this second round, they get swept. I, I get Tampa Bay's that they won the cup two years in a row. They have a great team. They're a lot of ex- playoff experience, but you got to at least win a game, right? You can't score three goals in that series and then be like, yeah, you know what? That was That was a good season. We did well. The other thing I, I got to say that it just this season in particular uh, kind of brought me to as, as a realization, and it's something that I think a lot of people don't really think about. The Tampa Bay Lightning have, and, and I'm not saying they're a very loyal fan base, they have a way bigger fan base than Florida does, right? Florida, again, we talked about it. They won the President's Trophy. Talk all you want about the playoffs, but before the end of the regular season, they were the best team in the league. Right, it's statistically proven they were. They could barely sell any seats, mm-hmm. you know, and that it's hard to see. It's hard to see a team in the sport that you love and pour everything into, and just there's a whole team in a place where no one cares about them, right? And the reason I bring that up is because Tampa Bay, yeah, they've won the cup uh, two years in a row now, but they're not that different from Florida in terms of the regular season. You'd think they draw similar crowds, right? Tampa Bay was sold out just about all season, mm-hmm. right? And Florida was struggling to stay above the 50% line as the best team in the National Hockey League, right? And I think, you know, it's we all joke about how Arizona should, well, we're not joking. Arizona should relocate, right? We always talk about that. Mm-hmm. But then there's the excuse of, oh, well, they haven't been good, so there's no reason for fans to go there, right? And, you know, okay, there's something behind that, right? You're the worst team in the NHL. By a wide margin, mm-hmm. actually, it was second worst. Uh, you know, you kind of think, okay, I see why they're not drawing crowds. 
Florida's out of excuses to me. You know, I, I like the Florida Panthers. I, I think they're a cool franchise. But th- that's just kind of embarrassing for the NHL to have a team that good that no one will go see. Mm-hmm. Right? They have playoff games that aren't selling out as the best team in the NHL. I, I can't believe that's allowed to happen. And I think they should be a candidate for relocation. 100%. Maybe even before Arizona. Do you think the Florida Panthers would have had more fans at some of their games if the Miami Heat weren't playing in the playoffs at the same time? No. I don't think that has anything to do with it. No? No. Because the Miami Heat are selling out their stadium, and it's only 20 minutes away, and the games are pretty much close to being at the same time. Yeah, but, I mean, they're they're completely different sports. You know, like, sure, you're going to have some overlap in, in fan bases, but no. Like, that's like saying, you know, should uh, – should the Lakers, you know, because the Lakers are in the playoffs, should the Kings not be able to sell out? Like, no. You're in the playoffs, well, right? Like, any sports fan, for one, there should be two ways you look at it. One, do they have enough fans that can fill the building? And two, are the ticket prices reasonable enough that the people that live in the area go to the games? Well, right? Florida Panthers tickets are dirt cheap. Yeah. Their, their playoff seats are the same price as our regular season seats. Mm-hmm. I think you could get in there for 70 bucks. Yeah. Right? I, that's that's Canadian. close to... Uh, no us us. Okay. Yeah. But so, so well, it's like a hundred bucks Canadian. Right. So okay. then you're so talking. Like, yeah. Right. That's so true. maybe they do need to look at dropping the price, but, but they shouldn't have to, you know, it, it, there are places you can put that team where people will pay top dollar to watch them. And I just, I don't financially understand why you don't put them there. Um, the only, the, the only thing with the Lakers and Kings is, is like they share a rank. But like you have the Florida Panthers and the Miami Heat playing at the exact same time. That's that's kind of the only thing I was getting at. Like the games were an hour apart from each other. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, it, one LA has I think a much more dense population than uh, Sunrise or or uh, Miami, mm-hmm. Florida. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know you might just have more fans in that given area. But the other thing is that that's a tough thing for me to answer because Vancouver has one major sports team. Right. I'm sorry to any White Caps or Lions fans out there. No one's been to a CFL game since 2008, <laughs> and the White Caps. I'm sorry, soccer just is not the thing to do in Vancouver. Don't, don't disrespect the Warriors. J- like hey, that. Jake no, and I went to it. Jake, Jake and I went to a CFL game like a few years back. Really? That's right. We did. Holy shit! Oh, how have we that. not heard about this? Uh, I don't remember watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that says a lot. Yeah, but like it was yeah. still a fun time though. My dad came home with tickets, and he's like, hey, you guys want to come to the game? I was like, all right, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I ended up going to – I think me and Tyler found out uh, later that we were at the same um, Grey Cup game, and this was before we were friends. We found yeah. out we were both there when it was in BC maybe five years ago, I want to say. Well, it might have been more than that. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what year it was. Yeah. It was the Stampeders and the uh, Hamilton Ticats. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anyway, it way off. The 102nd Grey Cup, I think. It was. That's right. It says that on the tickets. Huh. Um, anyway, my, my point was just that, you know, if Vancouver had more major sports teams that I was involved with, you know, like there's been talk about them getting an MLB team. Uh, loose talk, but it, it's been there. If they had an MLB team, I'd be I'd go to quite a few games, I think. You know, I, I'd check that out a lot. But the bottom line is if the Canucks and them are in the playoffs at the same time, there's two things I'm thinking. One, the, the Canucks are my favorite bar none, right? If I get a choice to go to either game, no matter how cheap they are, I'm going to the Canucks game. Mm-hmm. 
And two, even if the games aren't the same night, I have to think about how much money I'm spending, right? Like, not, not only am I trying to support both teams, that's twice as much money I'm spending. And I can barely afford our Canucks tickets as it is. You know, that, that, that's a tough choice to make. And so in an area like Miami where you, you have the Heat and the Panthers, yeah, m- most people aren't checking out every game for both of them. You know, they're picking yeah. their favorite, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, and I think especially in a city like Miami, most people are going to pick basketball over hockey. Yeah, and, and that's to be expected. All right, well, the next team that we're going to talk about is kind of a little sad for me, but uh looks like the St. Louis Blues have been eliminated by the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, sad for me too. I had these guys going to the cup final. Uh, it's pretty rough for your bracket. <laughs> Sounds like you're going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he, still, he still has Tampa going, so. Yeah, you do, and that's actually looking like a pretty scary prediction right now. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're rolling. Yeah. But, again, I don't have my both of my cup finalists either eliminated or on the ropes, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because the Flames are your cup finalist. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Oh, I see. Like the the, the actual champions. Right. Sorry. Um, Yeah, St. Louis. I mean, here's the thing is, I mean, yeah, for some people, it'll be different. I guess I'm just not surprised. You know, I I don't think they played necessarily terrible, but the series is playing out about how I thought it would, right? Which is just all in all, Colorado's a stronger team. Right, that that's nothing against the Blues. That's not to say they played poorly. I think they're both just playing like the teams they are, right? And at this time, Colorado is just the stronger team. Yeah, the big thing for me is like it looks like Colorado just wants it more, especially with Bennington being out, changes things a little bit because he he was starting to get hot. But you also had no Tory Krug for the whole series. Uh, I'm not saying that would make a big difference, but. Colorado's just been a beast. Nathan McKinnon has been a beast. Their depth scoring has showed up. Their defense is up on the play on every rush. Um, it really sucks for them that they uh, won't have Samuel Girard to keep moving forward, but hopefully he has a, a quick recovery and uh, and can get back on the ice for next season. But, I mean, I have Saint, or I have uh, Colorado going to the Cup and winning the Cup, so it's it's kind of bittersweet, you know? Yeah, you, your your bracket's happy, but you're not. And for me, I, I just want to extend on that point you made about about them. You know, everyone stepping up. For me, the big one has been Landeskog. I think Landeskog coming back for the playoffs in Game One. Just want to let that marinate for a second. Um, but yeah. him him coming back obviously gave them another huge boost, and he's played phenomenal. I mean, on their power play, he sits back door and puts it in the net like. Mm-hmm. You got to be good to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. And he's been doing that quite a bit. So anyway, all I'm saying is that him being able to finish plays, scoring clutch goals, extending their leads. I mean, he's been huge. And then obviously, Kale McCarr is establishing himself just even more than he already has. It's, It's, dude, it is pretty crazy to watch. I mean, his impact offensively, defensively, his confidence with the puck. He is the real deal. He is a he is a very he's a good vi- defenseman. He's a good defenseman. He's probably he's definitely the best defenseman left in the playoffs. Um, and I would say as soon as next year, you might be looking at a at a repeat Norris winning trophy uh, player for the next few years. He's he's good, you know. And that's coming from a division rival fan, you know. But he is good. 
So you got to give it to him there. The only thing that I'm not sure about with them moving forward, and I don't know why we're talking about Colorado so much since this is the St. Louis Blues elimination report, is just that whether or not they'll be able to maintain that defensive stability now that, as Tyler mentioned, Sammy Gerrard's out of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, it'll be tough, but that's the thing about Colorado is their depth, right? They have other pieces that can fill in. Yes, Gerrard is valuable for sure, right? Um, They have Taves, they have McCarr, they have... They have guys that can step up and, and fill that gap. Manson. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, 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 that's what I mean. Th- this is That's why I say it's a lot tougher for a team like Calgary, right, losing Tanev, because, yes, they had six decent defensemen. With Tanev out, you have five, right? They, they don't have, you know, good Branson isn't stepping up. Yeah. He's, he's playing at a medium level, and that is just so far above the bar that he has set for himself, yeah. right? This is it. That's that's all the good Branson you're going to get. Yeah, the only thing that's way above the bar is his slap shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just getting back to the Blues for a second, you know, you can't put it past them. They had a great series, and I think that if Bennington had stayed in, I think they would have won at least one, maybe even two more games in this series. Because I think Bennington did the same thing for St. Louis as Saros did for Nashville, which was give the team a little bit more confidence that if they did make those mistakes, their goalie would be able to bail them out, which Vili Husso just hasn't really been able to do as well. Which, again, that, that, that stumbles me onto an interesting point. This is the second series in a row where Colorado hasn't had to face the opposing team's number one throughout the whole series. That's true. That That is interesting, actually. I never really paid attention to that. You're right. That's because Nazem Kadri took him out. I, I was going to say, let's talk about this too. Okay. We, we, we have to talk about that play because it's been quite controversial. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing we should do is condemn the people that have made comments to him online because of it. Like well, right off the bat. Because if we go after Kadri or we back him up, it's important that we make sure we distance ourselves from anyone that attacks him for who he is, not what he did. No, of, of which course. Which there's a very course. important line in the sand that needs to be drawn. We yeah. evaluate people based on what they do on the ice, not who they are as a person. Exactly. So that needs to be established. Unless you're Vander Kane, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah, but he's, the, he's yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but no, that you're exactly right. That, you know, there's been people on uh, Twitter and social media that have been um, attacking Nazem Kadri for a variety of reasons. And like you said, many of them not uh, to do with his on-ice play. That's not who we are. It's not what we do. Uh, we're here to talk about him as a hockey player and uh, anyone who is out there uh, trying to talk about him as a person and who he is and what he looks like. Uh, that's, that's some scummy shit that they're doing. So uh, if you're one of those people, man, that's uh, take, think about that for a minute. But, but another thing, which I think is important to, uh, to address is just that if you are somebody who looks at the play, like it was his fault, Right, mm-hmm. like you are, you are blaming him for Bennington's injury, and you think that it is his fault. That doesn't immediately make you a racist, right? You're not. No, no, no. Not all those people are on the same side, which I think way too many times people on the other side of the debate use that to try to demean and belittle people for having no. an opinion. No, if 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 you don't like the play, you are well within your right to not like the play. Yeah. Right. And, and for anyone that disagrees with that, I think it's just as disgusting to, to tell a person that they're a racist or that they're part of that group just because they didn't like the play. Or yeah. maybe they disagree with the player or the history the players had. And, and I just I see that all too often online 
where people will say, oh, well, you're just as bad as the rest of them. And it's like, yeah. no, you can have opinion about a play without being a racist. I was even going to say, I think someone who uh, might be a victim of that is funny enough, Jordan Binnington. Yes, uh, it was shown, 100%. It was shown after the game that Binnington, or it wasn't shown, it is uh, heavily thought. That a, a water bottle was thrown at Nazem Kadri during an interview while he was like in the guts of the arena, right? He's in, in the hallway somewhere down in the basement. Um, and a water bottle was thrown at him. Apparently, no one saw who threw the water bottle, but Nazem Kadri's gone out and said, yeah, that would have been Binner, right? Bennington threw that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that has anything to do with who Nazem Kadri is, right? I think that's Bennington being a hot-headed goalie, and he has a reputation for that. Yeah, that's Bennington being Bennington. Yeah, like, exactly. He would do that to anybody. Uh, yeah, ex- exactly. That's just it, and it's... Uh, I think it wouldn't have mattered who that was. I, I think that probably would have gone the same. Uh, but a- anyway, to what you're all here to hear, which is our takes on the hit. Okay, well, I can't really fault Kadri for the play. Well, it was, I feel like he kind of knew what he was doing, but it was more of a loose puck. I'm going to fight this out and whatever happens, happens type deal. Yeah, I don't think his idea was, you know, I'm going to hurt this guy. But I, I do think that he was like, well, I'm not going to stop. We're going we're gonna to battle it out, and whatever happens, happens. It sucks because Bennington got hurt and obviously is out for the re- was out for the rest of the playoffs. And Kadri has a history, which is the only reason why I'm saying he kind of just was like, it's whatever happens, happens. But at the end of the day, it's hockey. People are going to get hurt. People are going to get hit. It's, it's the way she goes. And... If the Blues were deep enough to win this series, their backup goaltender would have stepped in and and they would have won. My perspective on it is Nazem Kadri is a veteran in the NHL at this point. Yep. He knew where he was on the ice. He knew where Kelly Rosen was on the ice. You know, he knew what would happen if he crashed the net. A lot of people, I think, look at this and they go, ah, nah, he didn't know. He didn't know. He knew. That's the type of player he is. He knew where he was on the ice. He knew what would happen. He also didn't let up on Callie Rosen going into the crease. And like it's in, it's interesting because that's what goaltender interference is, right? Is did the player make an effort to to stay out of the goalie's way? Nazem Kadri didn't do that. That's why for me, I'm not saying that Nazem Kadri thought in the back of his head, hey, I'm gonna go injure Bennington. I'm thinking that he saw this as an opportunity to get into the crease and get away scot-free. And that's that, that that's kind of where I think the distinction needs to be made. And obviously what happened happened, but not if that had been any other player on the Colorado Avalanche, I don't think we would see Bennington get knocked out of the game. I think I think it would have ended differently. I gotta say, I, I fall firmly in between you guys because I didn't like how that sounded, actually. No, that was that was awful. That, dude. What the yeah, hell are you really on about? Wow, considering we're both kind of on the same side of this thing, too. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, it's just that he's he's a dirty player, right? He has been a dirty player in the past. I think he will continue to be in the future, right? Um, most Canucks fans remember him for his headshot on Daniel Sedin where he got away scot-free. This is a really tough play. It's high speed. Uh, I, I think he was... At the end of the day, you're right. He, he wasn't going in to injure Bennington. That wasn't the goal. He went in to crash the net... He knew he was at high speed. He could have stopped well before he got there. But you're right. With the series of things that happens after that, you go, okay, 
no, by the time he was hitting Bennington, there was nothing he could do about it, right? He was being uh, pushed in off balance. That That's not his fault. But he's also a hard-nosed, gritty player that goes to the net, and that's what he does, right? That's what he's known for. The bottom line is, would I say it's dirty? No. Would I say it's clean? No. But what, what I, all I can say when I look at that is he was doing his job, you know? Maybe people don't like how he did it. He was doing his job. Mm-hmm. That exact type of thing, that going to the net. You, you can see at the end of it, he's not giving up on the puck, right? He at no point dropped his shoulder and decided, oh, well, I'll take out Bennington's head. You know, he, he was thrown into him completely. Um, he's going for the puck the whole time. It never stops. I don't know. It, it, it's tough. It, it's borderline. I think the NHL made the right decision by not uh, disciplining him. And uh, yeah, I, I think just because he was going for the puck the whole time, he he's a crash the net type of player. He did his job. You know, it wasn't to injure Bennington. That's just an unfortunate consequence of, of the game. All right. Well, let's uh, let's reel this back in and uh, and give these guys a letter grade. I'm going to give the St. Louis Blues a B plus because I, I I think they could have done a little more in this series, but for the overall season, it, it's pretty much what I expected. I thought maybe they would get a few more wins and whatnot, but for the most part, this this team did what I thought they would do this year. I guess here's my thing that I've always asked when we're grading teams. Because as far as the season, yeah, I'd be around the same place. Around a B or a B plus. I'd be very, very close. What, what's your take on their future, though? Like, you, you are represent our St. Louis Blues representative. Like, what, what do you think the future of this team looks like? Do you think they have enough pieces that they should continue to try to retool it and, and stay at this level of the playoffs and maybe make another run at the Cup in the next couple of years? Or is it time to start selling off assets and looking at the potential of uh, basically tearing apart what's there now and, and uh, planning for the future with a new group of players? I, I don't think this team's ready for a retool or sorry, a rebuild. They're maybe swapping a few players around here and there, but for the most part, like this team still has some young talent is with Robert Thomas Jordan Cairo, who both had over 70 points this year. Mm. Ryan O'Reilly still had a great year. Like this team had almost 10, 20 goal scorers on it. Yeah, some of these players are going to slow down. Uh, some of them are getting a little older, but they still have Butch Navich for another couple of years. They still have Shen for another few years. Tory Krug's locked in for a few years. Colton Pareko's still young and he's locked in for a long time. Justin Falk's locked in for a while. I think this team depends on how Jordan Bennington plays and and if he can get that that's crease back to being his because he's getting paid $6 million a year for a good amount of years, and you don't want to be paying that for a backup. Yeah, he, he's very inconsistent. He's someone who on any given night can be look like a Vesna winner, and the next night he can look like an AHL third stringer. It, it I shouldn't even be that harsh, but he's very inconsistent. He he gives you a different Jordan Bennington almost every night. Yeah, but the one thing about this team is there are a lot of pieces that they do need to re-sign this year. Ryan O'Reilly, his contract's up. Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas are both RFAs. Ivan Barbashev, Logan Brown, Vladimir Tarasenko, and, well, Nathan Walker, but he's whatever. Right. 
So there, there's a lot of pieces to this team that like that need contracts next year. So who knows? There could be a big shift, even David Perron. Well, that about does it for the elimination report this week. Hopefully we'll have a couple more to uh, talk about next week. Hopefully the Calgary Flames get eliminated. Okay, <laughs> all right, that's enough. <laughs> if they do, Marcus all but loses. Like he just yeah, loses the playoff bracket challenge. Yeah, I have that. That is both of my finalists out in the yeah. second round. I mean, I don't know if you'd be mathematically eliminated yet, but we'd have to take a look. If you are, though, we're going to have to start coming up with some punishments for you, and then we're going to post it on our Instagram story. So stay tuned for that at Vancouver Voice Podcast on Instagram. Anyway, uh, Tyler, you talking about the Blues for as long as you did made me a little bit jealous. I kind of want to talk about the Preds for a second because there was something that came up in the news this This is my least favorite episode ever. You know what? (laughs) Mute his mic. Uh, (laughs) There was something that came up in the news this week about the Preds, which I thought was really interesting because I don't think anybody saw this. But Elliot Friedman went on uh, NHL Network and he was talking about how Barry Trotz has been uh, obviously – He's got the pick of the litter in terms of coaching jobs, right? He interviewed in Philadelphia, Winnipeg. Um, there's other teams. Vegas is apparently interested. There's a ton of teams that all want to take a look at him. I heard Detroit is looking at him too. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of teams. But one thing that came up is that the Nashville Predators, who just re-signed the worst coach in the NHL to a two-year deal, are actually looking at Barry Trotz for a management role. Really? Yes. So my thought was... Hmm, I wonder if the plan is to move Barry Trotz into a successor position of David Poyle. I mean, that would be interesting. He spent a fair bit of time with Nashville. Yeah, he spent 15 years as the head coach, all of which in tandem with David Poyle. The two of them know each other. Like I said, they worked together for 15 years, maybe longer than that, to be honest with you. I don't know what their experience was before Nashville. But I thought, you know, if this is something Barry Trotz wants to give a try, it might not be the worst idea. Yeah, that's, you know, I mean, it, it's tough when you talk about, you know, putting someone in a position they've never been in before, right? I mean, Trotz is a GM. It's kind of hard to say what he would do, right? Because you can't really bring too much of his coaching style into it. You have no idea what kind of team he would build. That'd be, um, put it this way, though. He, he's, I believe, a very intelligent man when it comes to the game of hockey. I'd at the very least be intrigued to see what he could do. That team would have six defensive defensemen, <laughs> an absolute brick wall and net, and probably 10 or 11 defensive forwards with one guy who can score. Yeah. All three Selkie nominees would come from the Nashville <laughs> Predators. <laughs> yeah, you would just have a team full of defense. Yeah. Which and, that's uh, what they were for the first twenty years of their existence. So yeah, but they'll yeah. be even better at it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, who knows? Maybe it'll finally work this time. Anyway, like I said, I don't think it'll happen. But I thought it was really interesting because I didn't see that getting reported anywhere else. Like nobody was talking about it. It's all about Vegas, Philadelphia. You know, where is he going? Where does he want to go? And uh, yeah, I thought, eh, might as well bring it up. It's some Nashville news that we don't really talk about too often. No, that's that's pretty cool, and I don't say that a lot about the Predators. Yeah. So, uh, uh, honestly, I would I would love to see him get a shot there and uh, to see what he he can do and what kind of role they would give him. Mm-hmm. And then he might even get a statue or something. <laughs> I think, it's, <laughs> dude, it's already guaranteed he's getting a statue. <laughs> something else I actually wanted to bring up now that I've got the uh, I've got the soapbox for a second 
is uh, the Marcus Keller hockey development. Oh, my God. This. <laughs> this is quickly turning into a fan favorite segment. I know. We, we've had we've had some comments on it. <laughs> we have. Sure. So I'm happy to report that Marcus Keller scored his first hat trick in our recreational ball hockey league and in pretty amazing fashion. He got a tip-in, a tap-in, and a one-timer. Like, in my opinion, how can you do it any better? A hattie, hey? I mean, it. here's the thing. This <laughs> hat trick was split between two different games, so it wasn't technically a hat trick. At, at this ball hockey thing we do, it's just a drop-in thing where everyone's really good. <laughs> um, uh, basically, they we have the place for, what, like two hours? Yeah, the, the slot is a two-hour time slot. Yeah, we play the first game, we play until 10. Mm -hmm. The second game, we play in, until we have to get out of the gym. Yeah. So between those two games, yes, I, I got four goals. But Oh, four now. Wow, that's right. It was four, right? Because you, oh, right. Yeah. You didn't see the other one, or you, yeah. you asked me about. Well, it yeah, because it was, it was. There was one that kind of like banked off of you and in, from what I understand. No, a guy, a guy, um, took a slap shot from way out. Yeah, and it like almost by accident, like it hit the sh like I was holding my stick down on the ground. Right, I wasn't right, trying yeah. to tip it, and like two feet off the ground, it hit my stick and bounced into the other corner of the net. So the right. goalie was going the wrong way. But that, that, that did count. Okay. So it was four. But still, you hit the three, which is the hat trick mark. Yeah. And I'm counting it. Okay. I think it's a good hat trick. All right. It, it was fun. There, there was only one that I really was happy about, and that was I took a shot that went top corner. Yeah, that was that was the first goal. That uh, was like five minutes in. Yeah. Balled in the slot. No one knows where it is, but Marcus Keller winds up and absolutely blasts it into the top corner. It was a it was a fun one. Yeah, that was it's great. almost like a BX goal where you're the only one who knew where it was. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, because yeah. the goalie was still getting up and recovering from the last shot. Yeah, because like he, he was, was a, out of the play. It was a bit of a rebound kind of thing, but oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, but it was like a rebound that the defenseman tried to clear, and then he didn't get a full full stick on it, and so it just kind of like moved towards Marcus, and then he just fucking leaned into it. Yeah, it was great. The, the one I was actually the most proud of was one that I didn't even score. It was one that our unpaid intern score, who, by the way, is on a line with us. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, there was one time where, well, it was me, him, and another guy that you knew. And okay. uh, the three of us were out there together, and we just line changed. And I was like, okay, what are we doing here? I think we'd just gotten scored on, too. Okay. And I was like, all right, I'm going right wing. Intern, you play left wing. The mm -hmm. other guy, you play center. And like, they both kind of looked at me a bit confused. They were like, "You don't know what you're doing. Why are you? <laughs> yeah. Why are you controlling <laughs> traffic here?" Yeah. We went down the floor and had one of the nicest passing plays of the whole game yeah. and potted it. That that one again, I, I didn't score it. I had the assist. Yeah. Felt good. Well, that reminds me of the other play where I had the ball at the point and I saw you back door. So I right. gave you a slap pass, and you went to tap it in, and you ended up missing the net. It going off the wall behind the net, dropped down, and then the intern tucked it in the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah. Man, that sounds like fun. I can't wait to get home and uh, join you guys and play a little little puck with, with Marcus there. I haven't yeah. seen him play ever. Man, so. what, what a line that's going to be. Oh, yeah. The Vancouver boys yeah. on offense. Intern I, oh, on it's going to be lethal. Intern in net. <laughs> All right, well, that's uh, that's about enough uh, recreational hockey talk. We, <laughs> we should probably uh, we should probably bring it back and uh, professional hockey talk. Right. Yeah, do, 
Well, not really. <laughs> okay. We're gonna we're gonna take the real long staircase up to the top of the diving board. And we're just gonna do a bum drop. <laughs> right into the inbox. <laughs> Man, that just I could never get the and miss the pool out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I always think everything Tyler uh, says is going to end with that. Because yeah. even bum drop, that's not really... A bum drop into a pool is just a cannonball, isn't it? Uh, no, because you don't tuck your legs. You keep them flat. Do you? Yeah, you keep your legs out in a butt drop. Well, I always tuck mine. Well, that's a cannonball. That's not a butt drop. So no, I mean, like, no, clearly, I mean, like, no. You've clearly never done a butt drop. I mean, when you're pool. like a trampoline, because to me, that's the only thing that makes it different. Is like a bum drop is a cannonball on a trampoline. No, no, you keep your legs straight. I don't you keep do that. your legs out for a butt drop, Marcus. You've never done a butt drop before. Apparently not. <laughs> All right, we got to buy a trampoline. Yep, in the studio. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man, the amount of business whole, expenses oh, we're racking up yeah. for our t- our tax income deductions. <laughs> okay, the problem is I can't put any holes in the roof. But if we dig down, we can put the trampoline in the crawl space and just make a circle around the living room. Yeah, it might f- sit flush. Oh, I see, like, like an, an in ground trampoline, trampoline. Wow. in the living room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've seen those. I've always wanted to put You've one of those. Seen up. those? No, not not living room ones, <laughs> but like in ground trampolines. It seems cool. You know, that that's a neat idea, whoever came up with that. Sure. Anyway. Uh, what do we got in the inbox, Tyler? Yeah. All right. The first question. Will the Battle of Alberta be the series of the playoffs? Oh, absolutely. I'm assuming best series of the playoffs. But absolutely. This has been the best playoff series I've watched in a very long time. Uh, I think it's been the best series so far, yeah. To me, it, it rivals one that we've seen so far, and that's the Tampa Bay-Toronto series, right? But they're, they're entertaining for almost oh, completely. Oh, absolutely. They're, yeah. they're entertaining for opposite reasons, mm-hmm. right? The, <laughs> the Tampa-Toronto series was more like, man, both teams have such high-octane offense and such good goaltending. This one's like, wow, one team has Connor McDavid and uh, Evander Kane, and neither of them have a goalie. This should be fun, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's really what it's been, right? I think it's it has to be at least close to the most highest searing, highest scoring series we've seen so far. Game one out, probably outmatched yeah. most of the first round series already. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, so uh, as far as series of the playoffs, that's tough. But is it definitely going to be one that we remember for a long time? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. Well, all I know is I've bet the over on every game and I've hit ex- on every game except for one. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So it's uh, it's worked out in my favor, but it's uh, it's been a fun series to watch. It's almost it's almost nice that the goalies aren't saving anything, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it feels like watching the World Juniors. You're like, every shot could go in, you know? Yeah. All right. Another question we're going to jump into here, the Canucks-related question. Okay. What would it take... For the Canucks to get rid of Tyler Myers. I'm having like bad flashbacks to Tyler's crazy trade ideas with the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> where we exchanged like three quarters of our roster yeah, with them. Pedersen, Myers, <laughs> chase on, re-sign him and trade him. <laughs> Sign and trade. Yeah. Okay, hear me out. Oh, I, I feel like... Yeah, I knew this was coming. Yeah. 
I feel like the only way we get rid of Myers is we have to package him in with Miller and a first. Yeah, but then you're going to... Miller and a first? That's okay, but that's the like thing. the equivalent of three firsts. Also, you're going to yeah, kill the value we're getting, you get on Miller. Yeah, but we're getting Warinsky, Line, and <laughs> who knows who else. Kent Johnson. There you go. Well, that, I'll throw in another first for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that. We won't have a first-round pick until 2029. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. When I play NHL, like, on the video games, I don't ever have first-round picks. Those <laughs> yeah. things go out like nothing. Yeah, like candy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, don't, I don't know if, um, if Columbus would be willing to do a trade like that. Um, but, man, to get rid of Myers, you... I, I would think him and a second could get the job done. If you get like, that's almost a neutral trade. That's like trading both of those for futures, you know? Like you don't get anything back. Yeah. I think a second round evens out his value. That That's a big enough thank you. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's just done, you know? Yeah. I think it can what, be done with a second and a late round pick. What about Myers and a first for Line? Yeah, a, a, any it, day of the week, I yeah. will take that. But well, I, I don't think any days Columbus is taking that. Yeah. Columbus is going to want more for Line A, especially because even though Line A is in kind of a weird spot in his career, I think, you know, put him on a line with some decent playmakers, yeah. he's going to bounce back in amazing, spectacular fashion. Yeah. Right? He is a natural-born goal scorer. There's only so many of those in the league right now. Right? Especially as proficient as he is. He just, he's got to get away from Larson. He needs a, a more established coach in the league. That's why I think Boudreaux wouldn't be a bad option for him. Get him on a line, like I said, with some playmakers and, and just make that work for him. Uh, but obviously, like, the trade has to be right. And I really don't think that that's going to happen very easily. It's going to be a, it's going to be a weird one. Um, but also, along that same note, I, I'm not familiar with what his contract is right now. But I have a feeling it's it expires pretty soon. Yeah. And and he'll walk in free agency. Uh he is an RFA this offseason. Wow. Offer sheet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be uh that'd be interesting. Uh but it, in reality, uh, a Myers trade, I feel like if one does happen, which it very well could, I feel like it's gonna be something none of us would guess. You know, it's going to be for a player that we wouldn't either think is even on the market or someone who we wouldn't be thinking of because it's not going to be a high-level player, right? They're not bundling Myers with high-valued uh, assets just to get rid of him, right? It, it's going to be for, a, I think, a very lackluster player. I don't know. I, I wouldn't put it too far past yourself. I mean, you called the Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck deal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, for Eichel, yeah. Right, so. But th- that was a bit different. That that was a high-end player that we knew was going. We knew was going to one of two teams, so we could kind of guess the value. Yeah. This is this is a shot in the dark, right? We yeah. have the whole league. Who knows? Also, now, I love that we talk about the Line A Warinsky deal all the time. I think it's really funny, and we talk about it, right? But obviously, like I mentioned, Line A is going to sign a new contract this offseason. Uh, and he'll probably get north of you know six million a year. I would think so. Uh, so let's just crunch some numbers, okay? Tyler, do you know how much Zakarinsky makes? Nine point five. Yeah. Do you think that you know fifteen million dollars worth of Line and Marinsky are are really what this team needs, especially considering yes. their cap situation? Absolutely. Well, here's the thing, though. 
It's 15 minus 6 because Myers isn't here. Okay. So that that's only 9. <laughs> Cook math. That and that's, math's but guy. that's also assuming that Line A only makes 6 on his next contract. Right, which he could very well make more. I mean, I just I don't think it happens. I didn't realize Warinsky was making nine point five. Uh, Miller That's would be lot. gone too. Miller is likely going to be gone. I, I would think anyway. Yeah, which that clears. And then five we buy something off the cap. Right, and and then Pearson's gone. That's right. Yeah. And then I don't think they're buying anyone out this offseason, though. I feel like they can't. Yeah, they've yeah. been Execution. doing so many buyouts lately. It just hey, they can't. At least Long goes off the books, though. Great Start, <laughs> space for another buyout. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That, that's not even a buyout. That yeah. was a cap recapture punishment yeah. that they gave us for making what was at the time a legal move. Yeah. It, uh, anyway. All right. Well, that's pretty much all we got time for for the inbox here. Ah, too bad. Yeah. Uh, wait, time. Time. An enigma. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking can, of an you enigma. You can never have too much of it. No. But all there is is time. And all we it's have time, time for Tyler's surprise headline. It's Tyler's surprise headline. Oh yeah. This may be the worst intro we've ever done. <laughs> that was a mess. We're, we're gonna keep rolling with it. Yeah, why not? Florida man <laughs> runs Florida naked. Man. <laughs> Florida man. Yeah. Bursts into X's delivery room and fights her boyfriend. <laughs> What was she delivering? Like a package? Yeah. A baby. Like <laughs> like she was having a kid and he breaks into the, the delivery room, kicked the woman, and then oh. beat the snot out of the boyfriend. Oh. Yikes. Okay, this this wasn't as funny as I yeah, thought it would that be. Is rough. I thought it was well, gonna be like when you said Florida man, I thought you meant it was gonna be like, you know, some bum on Flocka <laughs> yeah. who just wandered his way into a hospital yeah. and then like passed out while trying to throw a punch. Yeah. The the kick of the, the girl was kind of like accidental. Like it wasn't like a oh, serious. Okay. Were you there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I'm like, reading this. Yeah, okay? I was going to film crew. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I have, I've hired yeah, he, people in Florida to go around and start yeah. filming people. All right. He, okay. He, he tipped uh, off the yeah. guy. They, who they, went saw, in there. they saw him at the gas station. Went, oh yeah. That's someone who was going to kick a pregnant lady. <laughs> He's just trying to help expedite the uh, yeah. the process. Yeah, it's like a tube of toothpaste, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's a good Jesus. thing we save these for the end. Yeah. But, oh um, my god. Yeah, everyone's dude. gone by now. Okay, Holy. so so after he accidentally squeezed a baby out of his ex, what happened then? <laughs> he beat the shit out then of his boyfriend. Weren't you there? Then he beat the Tyler snot. <laughs> Yeah, after that, then he beat the snot out of this other man. Tube of toothpaste. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that one stuck with you, yeah, eh? Yeah, that, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> the baby comes rocketing out. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bounces off the wall. <laughs> yeah, blinking around. <laughs> okay, wait. So, th so then he. So this guy won the fight with both of them, I guess. Jeez. Yes. All three of them, actually. <laughs> Yes, but he did lose the fight to the police because he wasn't uh, okay. uh, that's our knight yeah. in shining armor. Yeah, <laughs> but it it did take three security guards to bring him down. Jeez, what was this guy on? Flock up. I don't know. But <laughs> Come Flocka, on, he was, right. he was out for a vengeance. 
Oh my god. Oh Jesus. That's... Okay, wait, here's what I want to know, which I don't know if Tyler you'll have the answer to this, but I, I want to know this. So was the baby his or the boyfriend's? That does change things. Right? It, it's a bit of a perspective changer. If, if it's... it's his own baby, he has every right to <laughs> <laughs> to help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he walks. I don't I do not think that it was his child. Okay. Okay. Well, and what the hell was he doing in there? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, I don't this know, is completely unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mention. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty much all we can talk about because I still can't get past Marcus's toothpaste comment. Yeah, right. that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, though, um, anyone who enjoyed this episode or enjoys any of our episodes, please come find us on any of our socials instagram tiktok twitch youtube at vancouver boys podcast twitter at vancouver boys underscore or for serious inquiries or just to say what's up you can email at us email us at vancouver boys podcast at icloud.com yep that's how this, you can get a hold of us mm-hmm. that that is right all those places <laughs> including the email <laughs> and, yep. and uh, look out for a merch drop. We're going to be selling toothpaste. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, we're wrapping this up. Uh, yeah. With that being said. Yeah, we got some fun things on the horizon. There's uh, a lot coming. Yeah, the toothpaste I'm really excited <laughs> yeah. about. No, but think about it. Like, we've been recording this podcast for over a year. Right. For the last six months, Tyler's been gone. He's mm. coming back within the next few weeks. That's a big deal. It is. That's true. You know, if you thought these episodes couldn't get any worse, well, boy, are you wrong? <laughs> yeah. When we, when we can see Tyler and we know he's ready to say something fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, <laughs> That's when these episodes start taking four hours to record for <laughs> yeah. like an hour and 10 minutes of content. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. You're, you're good. Pal. We can't wait. Uh, anyway, I think that'll do it for this one. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you on the next one. Peace. Come watch us on Twitch! Ole, ole, ole. Go fuck yourself. Ole, ole. ole.